Blog Talk Radio. talking today with Michelle Martin, who's going to be telling us all about being a storm chaser. And I'm really excited about this subject, and I hope you enjoy it, too. First, before we get into that, though, we've got just a little bit of housekeeping. And I wanted to let everybody know I'm going to be having another episode on Thursday, and it'll be at the same time, and I'm going to be talking to Amy Lauders of the University of Minnesota Mankato about the Laura Palooza Conference, the National Conference of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Legacy and Research Association that's going to be held this July. And so it'll be a chance for preview, and if you have any questions, you can share call in then. I also wanted to mention, if anybody noticed, there is a slight uh discrepancy in the numbering of episodes because I thought I was going to get another episode in before the birthday celebration and I'm still trying to get all the little sound clips I want to use on that one up. So uh, be patient with that and you'll be seeing another episode of that coming soon. And I wanted to mention one last thing. We have officially topped out over 8,000 listens with this episode. So thank you very much, and I appreciate everybody who listens live and who listens in the archives. And if you are um, listening live, you can always call in at 877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. Of whether you just want to listen uh, or through your phone or if you have a question or comment or want to talk to us, you can use that same number for both. And if you miss an episode, you can always either stream it later or you can download it to iTunes and take it with you. And I think that's about the end of our housekeeping for today. So let's go ahead and bring... Michelle on. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be with you again. Yes, I. Uh, if you didn't catch it, Laura fans, Michelle was on talking about her role at the Little House in the Prairie Museum uh, last year, and it was a great episode, and I think this will be a good one, too. So did you want to tell them just a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, My name is Michelle Martin, and I originally hail from Michigan, not a place we really equate with tornadoes, but um, I moved to Kansas in 1997, and my very first night in Kansas was treated to a Kansas thunderstorm complete with a tornado warning. So that was a real welcome to Kansas, you're not in Michigan anymore moment. Um, I'm a historian. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a historian. 
and I've taught at several small colleges in Kansas. And I currently am the director of the Little House on the Prairie Museum, uh, just located south of Independence, uh, off of Highway 75. And I'm also our site historian, and I do our living history. But when I'm not in the history world, I like to travel uh, photographing uh, the Central Plains. And one of my favorite ways to photograph the Central Plains is to interact with its weather and capture its weather and its climate and its environment. And so that's how part of the reason that's part of the way I became interested in um, extreme or severe weather and how I fell into storm chasing. So you did the photography first and then moved into uh, following the storms. Did you have any special training for that? You know, um, I am actually, I'm the daughter of a science teacher. So I grew up with um, my father, uh, always, we would always talk about weather. We'd be traveling somewhere, we'd be working in the yard, we'd be doing things outside, and Dad would point and say, what kind of cloud is that? And so he was always quizzing my brother and I, especially on things related to climate and environment and weather and space and those kinds of things. And so I think it rubbed off as a child. And so, when, of course, when I was in college, all of my science classes I were related to weather and environment um, to satisfy my, my uh, science requirements. And but my special training that I've undertaken, I made sure before I decided to go out and actively engage with storms, I went through storm spotter training uh, from the National Weather Service. And I had gone through storm spotter training in Kansas. And I also, I still go every year. I go every uh, winter when the National Weather Service office out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, holds their classes. And they, they train individuals with emergency management and members of the general public who want to learn how to safely spot storms to report information back to emergency management. And that's how I got started with actual good hands-on training. And I've been able to go ahead and um, in the county I live in, Oklahoma, I've been able to actually go out with other storm spotters and go out with law enforcement and learn from a lot of their experience, but also when you're out storm chasing, you meet other storm chasers who have many year, many more years of experience uh, than you, and you make friendships with people, and you learn from one another. And so um, I made sure I did those things before I really started making a lot of um, concentrated chase efforts on my own. So if somebody wanted to get that kind of training that you said was available to the general public, how would they find their local uh, version of the storm spotters training? Well, the, the one thing I encourage everybody to do is um, know about your your city or your county's emergency management team and know about what plans they have in place for your city or county uh, that makes it a storm-ready community. Um, you can, A lot of them have websites available. And so when I moved to Oklahoma, one of the first things I did was looked at uh, the website for the emer local emergency management to see um, what plans did they have in place for, you know, tornado or other kinds of natural disasters? To, um, so that way I knew what kind of plans they had in place that would help us as citizens to get through these kinds of weather events. And so um, and it was my look at their page. Um, I saw they had a calendar of events. But I also sought out and looked for the National Weather Service, and they have regional offices. And since I'm in eastern Oklahoma, our office is out of Tulsa. And their website uh, they had information on the storm spotter trainings, 
And in many cases, they will put up PowerPoints with um, lecture materials and photographs and information to help people educate themselves about what they're seeing in the sky during, um, during our stormy time of the year. And so I encourage, I encourage people to read books on weather, to go ahead and look for credible sources on weather like the National Weather Service or NOAA. I encourage people to read about it and have knowledge about what goes on when a thunderstorm develops or when uh, what, what's the difference between a thunderstorm watch and warning or a tornado watch and warning. I encourage people to educate themselves because you will make better decisions um, about what you should and should not be doing during severe weather. So are you part of an official organization of storm chasers, or is this just something you do on your own? You know, I am not part of any official organization. Um, and many, many storm chasers, um, there are professional storm chasers, many of whom are meteorologists and, and or um, scientists with a background in severe weather, and they do a great deal of research every storm season. And so you'll see people out with vehicles that have a lot of scientific measurement equipment on them. And so they are out not only documenting and interacting with the weather, but they're gaining scientific data that's important. Um, so some are organized, some are not. Myself, I don't belong to any organized group. Um, I prefer to, I do prefer um, not being part of a large group. Um, one of the dangers, um, I think that happens when we're out chasing is congregations of lots and lots of people um, chasing. And so by not being part of an organized group, I can go on my own. Um, I can maybe pick a, a smaller storm or a different storm and kind of avoid the crowd. And so um, I do work independently. But when you're out in the field, if your friends are out in the field, the one thing we all tend to do is keep in contact with one another and share information where we're at. We kind of, you know, you make friends in the storm chasing community. You kind of keep an eye on one another when you're out chasing um, just for extra safety. So what kind of information do storm watchers provide? Gosh, you know, um, storm spotters and storm chasers who are out in the front line, who are out following the storm, are able to go ahead and call into the National Weather Service and local emergency management. They're able to actually give you, um, they are literally the eyes on the ground, and they are seeing, is it, is it a funnel cloud? Is it hanging and not touching the ground, or is it a tornado? Has it made contact with the ground? What direction is it traveling? Um, they can, you know, those who are very good with spatial recognition can say, well, this one, you know, is probably about a quarter of a mile wide or half mile wide. They can give size, they can tell um, which direction it's going, and they can tell what towns they're near. And so they can go ahead and provide information that's really important for those folks in emergency management and the, especially back um, to a lot of TV um, meteorologists. Um, you'll notice a lot of television stations have their own storm chasers or they have storm chasers and spotters that they work with who will call into the studios and provide streaming video or live updates. So people get up to the moment um, information about the storm. And so the other thing they're able to do, if a storm goes through an area and if there is damage or if there are injuries, sometimes it's storm chasers are the first people through after a storm's gone through. And so they're able to start making calls to get, um, to get help in. And they're able to be able to give information. And, you know, there are some people that we see people injured or those kinds of things. And so they provide a lot of valuable, instant, very critical information. 
and so they're very important. And storm spotters and a lot of um, a lot of storm chasers who do that in um, in a small area in their communities, they really do provide a very good service. So, how far do you travel to chase? You know, Sarah. Um, I live in northeast Oklahoma. I live in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, not far from the Kansas line. I've driven all the way to eastern Colorado and back in a day. I mean, um, you travel as far as you have to to be able to interact with the storm, and that's where um, having access to good weather forecasts and information uh, from the National Weather Service and from NOAA, uh, when they know that there's going to be an elevated or high risk for uh, the potential for severe weather, you know, we start looking, we start getting those forecasts a few days out, and so you start looking at them and you start planning yourself and picking a target area. And I really prefer target areas that are out in the wide open. My favorite places to chase, I like parts of western Oklahoma. I love um, from the midline of Kansas, everything from the midline west. I like some parts of southeast Kansas. Um, you know, western Nebraska is good, um, parts of the Dakotas. I like area that is wide open um, because if it's wide open and you don't have a lot of trees and you also don't have a lot of population, uh, the greater the likelihood, you know, if you do encounter a storm that produces a tornado, you're going to be seeing it over open country, which helps you be able to see the direction it's moving and it helps you actually be somewhat safer. Um, but I really um, like... Uh, chasing in wide open spaces and so for me that means driving sometimes I can drive eight anywhere from eight to ten or twelve hours a day down the road to go ahead and chase so I I get a lot of field time (laughs) um what safety procedures do you need to follow well first um you know I started chasing um I started chasing after it was sent to cover the devastation in Greensburg, Kansas. And I had never seen that devastation at that level before. And it was seeing that devastation at Greensburg that really spurred me because I wanted to see what caused this kind of devastation. But because I had been exposed to that very early in my in my um, farm chase career, I think it made me even more conscious of safety. Um, First and foremost, I always have an Internet connection in my car. I always have radar, and I always have a cell phone, and I always have a backup battery. Um, I carry a lot of safety equipment in my car. Um, I have a backpack. I have food. I have water. I have a full field medical kit that has first aid equipment, first aid gear that I would need if I'm injured or if something happens and I go through an area where there's a storm and somebody's injured. I can give them first aid equipment. I can give them bandages, you know, different things that they may need. Um, I carry in the back of the car, I have um, one of the portable jumper units. So I can not only jumpstart a car or my car, but it also has um, an air an air pump on it so I can inflate tires. <laughs> um, I always carry a pillow, sleeping bag, extra change of clothing. I carry everything I would need to be self-sufficient if for some reason I got stuck somewhere for a couple of days. And um, But I always, when I'm chasing, I always make sure that I keep, I'm watching the radar, and I make sure if a storm, um, if it's coming through with warnings and if they're saying that it is particularly dangerous, I'm the first person to back off a storm. 
that has what we call a PDS warning, a particularly dangerous situation, um, I will back off of those and watch those from a very great distance uh, because um, they have you know, greater potential to, to cause catastrophic damage. Um, I, I think a lot of people think that when we chase for out and we chase everything and we go after everything no matter what, and I know my limits, and I think that's the best safety procedure anyone can follow if they wish to become involved in um, storm chasing, know your own limitations. And there were storms last year that I, all of my friends were asking, you know, are you chasing, are you chasing? And I said, no, these storms are too big. Or these storms are in an area where it's densely populated. Um, or there are areas where you can't get wide open visuals. And I will not put myself in a position where I will be adding to my own personal safety risk or that of others. So, um, But I'm always watching um, with radar. I'm always listening. Um, on my iPhone, I have the National Weather Service app, and I can listen to the National Weather Service radio right on my phone. So I'm always listening and making sure that I've got information coming into me so I can make the best decision. Um, your greatest safety equipment when you're chasing is your brain. And if you feel uncomfortable, the best thing is to retreat to safety and back off. And I have done that. I have done that several times. And, um, yes, I may have missed a, may have missed a tornado, but I would rather be safe than sorry. So, do you normally tell somebody where you're going? Because I know, like, spelunkers, before they go into a cave, tell people their kind of planned route, or does it shift too much to be able to do something like that? You know, um, lots of times, just depending on where, where and when storms initiate and how, where they move, it's a little difficult. Um, I do have I do have certain friends that I do contact, say, hey, I'm going out chasing today. I'm looking, it's looking like I'll be in this area. The one thing I always tell my friends, if you don't see or hear anything from me or Facebook or if you text me and I don't, you know, if I don't respond within, you know, a set time frame, start calling me, be worried. And um, because I am single, I live by myself. So, um, but I do, I, I have certain friends here that I do contact and I have friends in Kansas, especially if I'm chasing in Kansas. I have friends in Kansas that I contact. And I'm, I try to be really good um, as I'm chasing. If I'm chasing and I take a snapshot with an iPhone, I'll pop it up on Facebook and say, uh, here's what I'm seeing, I'm at this location, and then that way my friends know that I'm okay, and my family as well. Um, I've stopped calling my mom, stopped calling my mom the night before a storm chase because um, my, I think my mom worries a little too much. Um, and uh, so, um, but, but my parents, my parent, my family know that um, if it's looking like it's going to be severe weather, they know that there's about an 80 percent chance I'm out there. Um, interacting with it, and so, um, and sometimes I get very fortunate, and the weather comes to me right where I'm at, and it's what I what we all call backyard chasing. Where you can just literally drive maybe 20 or 30 miles from home, and you can interact with the storms. And so, I like those the best. They're the best on the wallet, and <laughs> a little easier sometimes. So I often have people ask me, especially people new to the area or people planning a, a Loring with Wilder trip. Are there signs mm -hmm. people should watch for to know that a tornado is coming? You know what? Um, it's really funny you ask this because yesterday we had some storms move through our area. 
And I happened to be sitting in one of my favorite places, Starbucks, and I had I was watching the weather radar. I was watching um, my radar app, and I was looking, and I was wishing that I was had been up in Kansas around Wichita. And, wishing I'd been near Ponca City, Oklahoma, and some other places because the storms that went through looked like they could have been pretty picturesque. And so, um, so I was, you know, kind of pulling my hair out because I wasn't able to chase yesterday. And um, someone there said to me, he said, there was a gentleman there, and he said, excuse me, miss, I see you have weather radar. That wall cloud out there coming right over town, and it was not a wall cloud. Um and so I kind of I said, oh, thank you. I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. And I just went back to what I was doing. Um, it was just simply clouds. It, you know, it wasn't anything ominous. It wasn't anything dangerous. Um, we were not getting any severe storms, just, you know, some cloud cover moving in. And um, I always tell people who ask me, my friends always ask me, is that a bad cloud? I always tell them the best thing, especially during storm season, instead of watching for signs, Rely on the National Weather Service. Rely on the warnings that you're given. Um, rely on the forecasts. Now, yes, we tend to joke about, you know, if you don't like the weather here, just wait five minutes, it'll change. Our weather is ever-changing, and that's a part of life on the plains. Um, Laura Ingalls Wilder writes about the weather and talks about how, you know, the weather could be, you know, could have various extremes, and that's just always been a part of our climate history here. But... Um, I always tell people, instead of you trying to watch for signs for the tornadoes coming, simply go ahead and pay attention to the sky. And if it looks to you, if you feel like it looks threatening, if it's dark, if it looks angry, because sometimes it looks angry, um, the best thing you could do is go ahead and go to weather.com, go to um, NOAA's website, and look on the radar for your area and see if they have posted any watches or warnings that is really the best way um, to know if you have a tornado coming. Um, part of the reason I say that, sometimes tornadoes are in storms that are wrapped in rain, and sometimes if a tornado is wrapped in rain, you can't see it coming. So I always tell people, don't try to look for signs that it's coming. Simply pay attention to your forecast during storm season uh, and just really be vigilant um, and watch those forecasts and take a look at those warnings. If you have a smartphone, there's a great app called Weather Radio. Weather Radio is fantastic when the, when you can set it to send you warnings instantly to your phone. And um, mine was going off like gangbusters yesterday for high wind warnings and advisories, but also for thunderstorm warnings and different things and thunderstorm watches. And so, and it literally, with a smartphone, mine talks to me. It says, the National Weather Service has issued a watch for your area. And then I pick that up, and I read that watch, and I know exactly what's going on. So um, I tell people to educate themselves on a daily basis. So when you are chasing a storm, how close do you normally get to tornadoes? Um you know, honestly, it, it, it really it, it depends on the storm. It depends on the road network sometimes. Um, I don't own a four-wheel drive vehicle, so there are times where I, you know, I know other chasers have four-wheel drive, and they will get a lot closer to a storm than I will. Um, I normally, I like to be, I like to be, you know, a mile, <laughs> half mile to a mile away. Um, 
I tend to err on the side of caution because I don't have as much experience chasing as many of my friends. Now, if I go out and chase with others who have more experience, then I will get as close to the storm as they want to because they have more experience than I do. So from my experience level, I like to be, if at all, I like to be about a mile away, mile, sometimes even greater than that, depending on the severity of the storm. I like to keep a good distance. Um, the other thing that I always try to do is stay on the south side of the storm because a lot of the storms move northeast. And if I stay on the south side of the storm and I can look up at it as it's moving northeast, then you not only see the storm as it moves in and see the front side of the storm, as the storm moves away, you can come in behind it. And sometimes the most beautiful photos that I've ever taken are the back side of the storm. Sometimes you will see the most amazing cloud. The cloud formations will be incredible. You'll have momentous clouds on the back side of the storm. Um, you'll get wonderful colors, especially late afternoon storms. If the sun is starting to set and you have the sun setting and it'll, you know, it'll cast colors as it's, as it's setting against the backside of the storm, sometimes those make the most beautiful photographs. And for me, are very um, real personal, they're real intimate moments with nature because you're reminded of how very small and tiny you are as a human being in the middle of the prairie. And with all of this weather around you, you really... Um, you become very close to and feel your place in the universe and how small it really is compared to everything else around you. And so, um, you know, I I really do. I, I I tend to err on the side of caution and keep a little I keep a little further away for my own safety. And um, sometimes we get what's called a chaser dam, where you get lots of people, lots of storm chasers in and following you know, following the same storm, and you'll get so many vehicles and it'll get so congested. Sometimes I like to pull off the side of the road, find a spot, let all of that congestion in uh, traffic go by me, and I like to look at it from a little further distance away because sometimes with a storm, the structures are so large on them. The further back you are, the wider the view, the bigger the perspective you have. So um, I sometimes gauge it by the storm. I always err on the side of caution. Do you ever get close enough so you see, like, stuff blowing by you like they talk about you know, um, I, ha I have been close. Last season, I was close enough uh, to two particular storms where, um, where we had we had funnel clouds. One of them actually was a tornado and touched down for a brief period of time over open country. And it was, um, you, know, you have all that energy, all that force from that storm, and you'll see grass blowing or anything small. Um, what I saw blowing that particular day and that particular storm in Kansas. And that is one of the dangers with chasing, is that um, debris that is picked up by the storm does get flown and flung around, and you have to be really, really, really watchful for that. And that's another reason why I tend to stay I tend to stay further away, so I don't end up in um, that debris shower. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, um, 
when I was 10 years old, living in Michigan growing up, it was a Palm Sunday in March, uh, it was 1979, and I was outside playing with my cousins and my brother, and all of a sudden the sky had looked a very ominous, kind of that green, kind of that awful green color a lot of people talk about, the sky turning that awful green color with a tornado, and um, we were outside playing, and all of a sudden, for some reason, we all dropped our toys and went to the house, and my dad and I were standing on the back porch, and my mother kept saying, something's not right, something's very wrong, and it was very still and quiet, but, you know, no, no birds chirping, no nothing, and my dad walked out on the porch, and we were standing on the back porch, and all of a sudden, he grabbed a hold of me and said, oh, my God, it's a tornado, grabbed a hold of me, <laughs> you know, it was like, we're, like, everybody in the house in that corner, put that table up and don't look at the windows and hunker down. And when we came outside, after it was all said and done, I remember the neighbor has, the neighbors had an Airstream Winnebago, those big silver motorhomes, and it was crumpled up like a wad of paper and it was in the back field behind our house. But what I remember the most was walking outside and the sound. At first I thought it was rain and I realized it was debris coming down Debris was falling out of the sky, and you were hearing things hitting, you were hearing little bits and pieces of things hitting the roof and hitting the ground, and it sounded like rain, but it was a debris, it was a debris shower. And um, that stuck with me from the time I was a 10-year-old child. And so, again, I err on the side of caution. I stayed back away from the storm a little more because I know that can happen, and I, you know, it's not fun to get caught up in you know, debris coming down because it can injure people, and it does. Um, a lot of injuries um, from tornadoes are people who are injured by debris, and so I like to stay back away from it. Okay. The people who are listening live, we are about to cut out, um, but that was a great story, and I didn't want to interrupt. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for being on, Michelle. I really appreciate it, and yeah. I think we all got a really good picture of what storm chasing is. So uh, I'm sure we will have you on I again do. for I, something else. Yeah. Please, I do want to tell your listeners, buy a NOAA weather radio. It can save your life. Please, please, please buy that weather radio. So, And that is a very good advice. I We have one right here uh, in our, our house, and I'm starting to think I should have one when I'm heading out and about and doing Laura trips. So uh, I, I know they are very, very useful things. And... Um, I think that's about all we have time because we actually are offline now. But people who are listening to the archive heard that advice, and I will definitely add that Super. by the link. So thank you very much, right. and uh, we'll sketch all the rest of you next time on Travel Tales. <laughs>